Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. Here we do it bigger, we do it better, we do it longer, and out of necessity, we'll do it louder than anyone out here. So relax. Here's your host, Hushmo Black. Hey y'all, welcome. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum, y'all. You got me, Hushmo. Hey, it's November, y'all. November 1st, 2014. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum. How y'all doing out there? I'm trying to send out a a little bleep for y'all. If I can ever get this thing to work. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I always <clears throat> uh, come with you with that, right? I don't know what's going on, y'all. I think we got it. We're trying to send out a little uh, Facebook quiz. How y'all doing? This year, y'all, I keep saying it's getting away from us. Election day is next week. Hey, election day is next week, y'all. November 4th. Everybody, everybody's got to get out and vote, y'all. It's just, uh, it's critical that we do. I voted already. Oh, yeah, I voted early. I voted sometime, uh, I guess it was last Wednesday, something like that, but I, I got it out the way. I think we're going to have a Pretty big turnout. I think we're going to have a pretty big turnout. I think we're going to surprise a lot of people, you know. Oh, yeah. I think this election is going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, people are not counting our vote. People are not counting our vote. I believe it's going to be. Is going to be surprised at how the black vote turn out. The black vote's going to turn out. I got a I got a feeling in my in my soul, y'all. <laughs> what soul? <laughs> hey, there's somebody there's somebody in Peter Garrett said what soul? Hey, I got a soul too, y'all. Hey. <laughs> hey, my God, my God, given. Uh, so, my crazy spirit, y'all don't know. Oh yeah, the Hushmo, the Hushmo got a Christ-given spirit. That's my soul. Y'all don't know. <laughs> hey, don't play me cheap. Don't play the Hushmo cheap, y'all. Welcome to the Hushmo Black Forum, y'all. Where our motto is to do it bigger, to do it better, to do it longer. And out of necessity, sometimes we'll do it loud out here on Blog Talk, y'all. We don't like to go there, though. We we like to keep everything on an even keel. We advocate advocate for social justice, y'all, on behalf of Americans of Africans. Not because we don't love everybody. We love everybody. Now, we'll let you know that up front. Uh, we happen to be a part of that community, Americans of African descent. That's what I am. I'm an American of African descent. 
uh, in business to the United States of America. Not not to the North American continent, but the the United States of America. When this country was formed, 1776, y'all, my people was here. I go back some seven generations, eight generations in the state of Georgia, y'all, right here. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm indigenous. I'm an American uh, of African descent. That's what I am. No less, no more. Uh, so by extension, I find myself advocating on their behalf. And Lord knows we need justice around this place. <laughs> Because we 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 ain't always got that justice that we uh that we so uh seek uh, we ain't always got that justice that we uh so deserve, you know. We still we still searching for, we still advocating for, demanding it. Uh but one way to demand it is to get out there and vote. One way to demand uh that justice that we all seek is to get out there Tuesday and vote. Everybody, get out and vote. Absolutely critical, y'all. It's absolutely critical that we do. This November 4th, y'all. It is critical. I can't stress it enough. It is critical that we all get out there and vote uh, in the state of Georgia here and indeed across uh, these United States. It's critical that we get out and make our voices heard, you know. And that, uh, one, uh, the best way to do it is to get out there and vote. A lot of our forefathers died for that right. A lot of our forefathers died for that right. Hey, make no mistake. Make no mistake about it. A lot of, a lot of our people died. In order for me to vote, I I've been voting since I was 18. You know, except you know, I was in service. I, I didn't vote those first few years because normally I I was never in my home state to vote while I was in service. But as soon as soon as I got out, uh, I've been voting uh, religiously. Um, since 1967, I'll go back to there. Since 1967, when I got out of service and I made a established a home, uh, I've been voting, and I vote every election. Not not just when the president is on the ballot. I vote every election. You know. There's always a reason to vote. There is always a reason to vote. That's uh, just when. Uh, it's a presidential election. There's always a reason to vote. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's second nature to me. It, I don't even think about it. I don't even think about it, y'all. I, I go out and vote every, every single election. This one, this one, is uh, the most critical one. Uh, the next election is the most critical one ever. <laughs> I always look at it like that. I look at it just like that. 
the next election is the most critical, yeah. And November 4th is uh, that election. And it's not a presidential election, it's a midterm. This is a midterm election coming up. There's not a president on it, a vice president, and none of that stuff. This is a midterm election, as they call it. And it's the most critical election that I've faced in my lifetime. I'm just going to put it like that. This is the most critical election that I've faced in my 69 years on this earth. I'm just going to put it like that, you know, y'all. Take for what it's worth. <clears throat> hey, we got a great show for you this evening. <clears throat> As always, we're all over the place, y'all. <laughs> we're all over the place this evening. So much is going on. We still got the Ebola thing. We got the crisis in uh, Iraq and Syria. Uh, we still got Ferguson in the news. They, we still got Ferguson in the news, yeah, believe it or not. Uh, we kind of follow uh, what's going on with the, the nurse up there in uh well, she's in Maine now that uh, Chris Christie quarantined, put in jail almost, took away the lady's civil rights without uh, even going to court. He somehow just uh, put that lady in a tent, you know. Put that lady in a tent and uh, separated her out of society. It really reminded me uh, uh, quite a bit like uh, Homer Plessy. It reminded me quite a bit like the case of Homer Plessy. Y'all know who Homer Plessy is? Homer Plessy was a gentleman down in New Orleans that they drug off that train back in 1892, I think it's when he, uh, he actually got drugged off of that train. He finally got to the Supreme Court in 1896. And the uh, Supreme Court ruled against uh, Homer Plessy. Uh, Allowing, allowing the state of Louisiana to separate him out of society, out of white society, whatever that is. I don't know how you can have a white society without us. All kind of people in the country, but somehow uh, the Supreme Court allowed the city of New Orleans to separate him out of uh, white society, whatever that is, and uh, put him, in, locked him up in a cold jail cell by himself. Locked him up in a cold jail cell all by himself. Homer Plessy. Plessy versus Ferguson, y'all. That's what I'm talking about. That case, 1896. Supreme Court said the state of Louisiana, Louisiana could indeed separate. Homer Plessy could indeed take away his 14th Amendment protection. Took away his 14th Amendment guarantees when they did that. What happened there, that in effect, took away all Americans of African descent, 14th Amendment protection. Oh, yeah, that's what that separate equal was about, yeah? That's what that separate equal was about. 
taking away the 14th Amendment protections guaranteed by the 14th Amendment. That's what suffrage equals about. It injured millions, including me, of Americans. For 100 years, y'all, some 100 years after the Civil War, that suffrage equal thing took away my 14th Amendment protection. When I was born here in Georgia in 1945, right down in Henry County, in the middle of a cotton field, I had no 14th Amendment protection. Imagine that. Me. I had no 14th Amendment protection when I was born in 1945 in Henry County, Georgia. The state of Georgia was under separate equal. I nothing equal about it. Well, we found that out later. I mean, well, nothing equal about separate equal, y'all. In fact, 1954, Supreme Court looked at that thing, said, came to the conclusion that, in fact, the separate equal doctrine that uh, the country had in place was inherently unequal. <laughs> that's what Brown said. That's, that's what Brown said. That's what the uh, Supreme Court said, Brown versus Board of Education, that the separate equal laws was inherently unequal. Wow. But what about the hundred years of I've been living under it. What about the discrimination, the segregation uh, uh, across the society? The workplace, the job, uh, the uh, school place, the public place. What about the injuries that I've suffered here, y'all? If it's unequal, what do I get compensated for? Because, you, you know, I'm making a third of what the, this guy over here on the line next to me. Oh, he's white. But hell, he's making two-thirds more money than me. How can that be? I mean, are you going to reparate me for it? Are you going to provide some reparations uh, for my injuries? No, they didn't. They didn't. Millions of Americans were injured, including me, my family, and my fellow citizens of uh, African descent was injured. That has a lot to do with the economic inequality that they're talking about today That but don't want to uh, come to the realization that the separate equal laws uh, played a big, uh, big role in that. Starting in 1866, uh, uh, yeah. Starting in 1866 when they, uh, the Congress passed uh, the Southern Homestead Act in 1866, setting aside, making available some 46 million acres of property for the ex-slaves, uh, uh, for the 5 uh, million ex-slaves that have been emancipated. Uh, uh, the Congress of the United States set aside 46 million acres of property for those people. Parallels, y'all. I tell you tonight, that thing parallels the reaction that we're getting today with the Affordable Health Care Act. A segment of this country 
revolted. A section of this country revolted uh, because of that Southern Homestead Act. For the next 10 years, uh, they revolted to the point of shutting the government down. Do that sound for me? They revolted against that Southern Homestead Act to the point of shedding the federal government down. That federal government shut down in 1874, y'all, just like that federal government shut down last year. <laughs> exactly. The same, in fact, the same ideologues, the same uh ideology that shut that government down in 1874 is the same ideology that shut that government down in 2013 for those 16 days at a cost of billions of dollars to uh, the Treasury. Uh, the same ideology, the Dixcrest, that was railing against uh, poor people, Americans of Africa, in acquiring uh, some uh, semblance of uh, real estate to uh, uh, make uh, uh, some kind of transition from 300 years of free labor, uh, uh, some kind of uh, mm, uh, <laughs> ascension into uh, uh, this uh, society, this free society that they found themselves in. They, they have to have something. They have, they have to have a certain amount of uh, uh, first of all, they needed an education. So, so Lincoln, Lincoln and the Republicans. Now, this was no. They didn't just uh, that Southern Homestead Act, that forty-six million acres that they set aside, didn't just come by. Oh, oh no, it didn't just drop out the sky. I mean, they had talked about that thing. Yeah, talked about that thing for uh, all during the war, before the Civil War, and during the Civil War. They had talked about uh, what would it take, uh, what would it look like. Uh, if, in fact, uh, the North won that war and five million uh, slaves were emancipated, what would it take to assimilate them into the society? What would it take? What, what, what would that uh, transition look like? Oh, Lincoln and the uh, uh, other Republicans who was running the government at that time, they talked to uh, all kinds of people about that thing. That thing was a, a huge problem coming up. They knew it was going to be a huge problem. They had to try to find some kind of solution. Well, they talked to people like Frederick Douglass, uh, the abolitionist Stevenson. They, they talked to a lot of people about what would it take. One of the things Frederick Douglass told, uh, in the abolitionist told the President Lincoln at that time, it would take, uh, you got five million people. 85% of them are illiterate. So you've got to give them an education. You've got to educate these people so that they can, uh, first of all, just uh, uh, learn how to count and read their name. You've got to do that. You've got to educate them. They're going to have to have some land. They have got to have some land. Y'all. That's two. And they have got to have a certain amount of capital. Yeah. Because <laughs> They have got to have a certain amount of capital. Absolutely. Hey y'all, uh, hold on. <laughs> That's a, hey. So so right away they got to have three things. They got to have education. They got to have 
some real estate to live on, and they've got to have a certain amount of capital. Because remember, they've been working here in this country for 300 years, free labor. Oh yeah, hold, 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 hold on, y'all. We we gonna uh, we gonna get into it a little more here. We done ran right through the break. It's 20 minutes after seven, y'all. We're gonna take a short break. Uh, we'll be right back, y'all. Hang in there. You got me in the hush mode here. We gonna get into it tonight. <laughs> Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to Hushmo Black Woman. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Hey, y'all. Uh, welcome back. Welcome back to the Hasbro Black Forum, y'all. Hey, we uh we got to take a quick pause here again, y'all. We're going to be right back. We're going to – we want to share a, a little piece with you here. Uh, we're going to do that. Uh, let's, give us give – us uh, let me uh, key something up for you here that's uh, pretty cool here. We're going to take another quick break, and we'll be right back and uh, key this piece up for you. Y'all hang in there. We'll be right back. Advocated on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmore Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
Uh, you you make your own commercial break. I'm on a commercial right now. Okay, okay so what am I talking about? Okay, I'm talking about uh, the election, how important the election is. Okay. Okay. Uh, welcome back. Welcome back to the Hushmo Black Forum, y'all. You got me Hushmo here. I, uh, I've got a guest set in here for a few minutes, y'all. Hushmo got to run out and uh, do some things. Y'all, y'all hang in there. Uh, I, I'm going to introduce you to Miss uh, Tracy. She's going to uh, carry this thing on for about 10 minutes. Now, I'll be back. Okay. So, do I get a headset or? You're on, right? And does anybody call in? Oh, it's live. And ain't no one about to come in. It's live right now because you're talking. See that thing going over? Okay. Yeah, All just right. Talk. Just talk. I'm going to be okay. right back. Tell us what you were telling. Hi, audience. Uh, we have a, uh, a a family emergency here with the uh, fuses. Hushmo is going to get a fuse. So in his stead, I do understand that you guys were talking about the importance of voting, and I'm sure he can cover that very well for you. Uh, we know that, you know, it is, you know, a privilege to be able to vote. And so um, you should exercise that right so that your voice can be heard. Now, that's all I have to say about that. Um, so every weekend, while you guys are having this show, uh, the Hushmo, the women of Hushmo are having a sewing um, bee where the daughters, me and my sister, are learning to sew from our mother, who, who has passion for sewing and has sewn since she was in high school. And so now she's passing that trait on to her daughters. So here again, if some things go down and we have to go back to how, you know, things used to be, we'll be able to be those people who keep everybody closed and keep ourselves closed and make quilts and things. And hopefully soon we'll, we'll be those people who will know how to grow our own vegetables and fruits and things. Now, we're not going to do animals. I don't think we have that um, skill set. We're not... Uh, well, yeah, I don't think we're there yet, but the fruits and vegetables will be pretty good at. At any rate, so while we were sitting in there attempting to have our sewing bee uh, in the dark without power, we were talking about couponing. Um, and I have a friend who is an extreme couponer, and she was trying to teach us how to do that in her methodology when... I guess maybe two or three weeks ago. And since that time, I have come across maybe three other couponers. Now, first of all, I want to tell you that these people are absolutely fanatical, absolutely fanatical, every one of them. And they can talk to you about this stuff for hours. So you have to be really, really clear about when you're going to stop that conversation because, you know, they go on for hours about it. But so the gist of it is that you are cutting your coupons, you get you get multiple sets of coupons, multiple sets of the same coupons. So, you you know, how you get the set in the um, Sunday paper, your goal is to get three or four of those sets. She does 11, the, the particular crazy couponer that I know does 11 sets. She staples them together, each little coupon, and she cuts them out. 
and then she puts them. She uses a baseball card um, holder. It's like one of the, you get it at Office Depot, the little plastic holders. It might hold 20 cards on the sleeve or whatever. And she puts the coupons down in there. And then in her three-ring binder, she has it divided by section, right, uh, you know, based on, you know, what she's buying, uh, if it's dry goods or laundry stuff or whatever. Um, <clears throat> and so she has all these coupons in there. She puts all the sales papers in there as well. And um, and she collects coupons from those sources. So it's the, the coupons that come in the Sunday paper, uh, which are typically Smart Source, Red Plum, and then the Procter & Gamble coupon section. Then you get those other ones. <clears throat> well, I don't have a dump button or anything. I don't know how this works. <clears throat> but they've heard people cough before. So um, then you get those things that they toss in, into your yard, you know, those little oh, yeah. supplement oh, newspapers yeah. that have yeah. little coupons in those. So you collect those. And then she said, so here's where her craziness goes. Okay, so she works at a library in a different state. And so the library you know, they get the paper and they take the coupons and things out before they put it, you know, in the circulation stack. So she has a coalition of her fellow librarians who knows that she coupons <laughs> and they collect them all and send them to her. And all her coworkers who know she coupons, they come in, they just bring that section and leave those on her chair. Whenever they see them and find them, they just leave them for her. So she's just got people out there getting those for her. The ones that get thrown into your yard with the supplement newspaper she says she gives her neighbors until the light the street lights come on they haven't picked up that paper she, she kids, got, either sent her kids or she go with her kids they go door to door to pick up the papers right <laughs> <laughs> so then so so now so we get our coupons and then i told you how she sets them up or whatever so now we're ready to start you know finding the deal so here's the key the key is that you shop based on what is on sale. Yes. You only buy stuff on sale. And after you get through so long of this, let's say the first two or three months, you'll stop needing to buy everything on your grocery list. So right now you might have a grocery list that has, you know, eggs, some vegetables, you know, some pasta, some marinara sauce all the other things that and so you have a, a variety of things on that list but what happens is you start buying in bulk and you buy only what's on sale mm -hmm. so you don't go back to that thing so if this week Fred's has marinara sauce on sale for you know buy one get one free mm -hmm. and you have like 11 coupons you know you technically can get 22 you know jars of this stuff you're not buying marinara sauce for six more months so next time you go shopping and find some more stuff on sale, you're buying in bulk like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she's got, you know, an extra shelf, and she just buys what's on sale and then coupons. So she layers coupons on top of it. So what happens is, let's, let's take that example of the buy one, get one free, okay? She might have a coupon for, say, a dollar off, mm -hmm. right? So at this point, you've, you know, you've cut that your per per item price. It depends on what the price is, but you you've cut it significantly, right? Then you might have a store coupon. 
that because a lot of times the store will let you use the manufacturer's coupon, which is in the paper, and you might have a store coupon. Okay. Some of the stores are changing that. Publix, I think, is is changing that. But if you go to say a store that has um, some of these rewards programs where you might get CVS dollars or whatever, um, let's say you use your CVS dollars for that, then you pay nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, and you you don't have to buy marinara sauce for another three years. Mm-hmm. So this this is how she gets down. And so you can't really be you you can't be really brand sensitive or whatever, but you do. I mean, it's still really the major brands or whatever. And the Procter and Gamble stuff, you know, you know, she's got Tide just coming out the cabinet, Tide Gang, uh, Bounce, and all this. And so she scours those papers, so all those papers, and finds those deals. And you you sign up for everybody's uh, program, so you get your your uh, CDS. Walmart has one. Target, the red card, the red card, and um, don't they have a coupon something for Target? I don't know. I'm asking get, my sister. You get, you get, if you get coupons when you go through the line. Right. So, so every you, time you buy something, they crunch up. The right. So, but you do get that red card, and mm-hmm. then because uh, you get five percent off, then you go pay it off right at the service desk on the way out. That's a credit one. They also that's have a, credit. a debit one. So okay. I have a debit that's tied to the checking account. Okay. I don't have any. I'm, I, I, but I did start getting, you know, my, my loyalty cards, you know. So you do that. You get one for everybody in the family, okay. All her, kids, all her kids have one. Mm-hmm. Now, wait a minute. This gets good. So she takes the time to, to type out, see, because she's a librarian, right? So, you know, they're sitting at that circulation desk and really yeah. nobody's coming. Everybody's using Google now, right? So they don't really use, utilize the librarian like they used to. She puts together what she calls her cheat sheet, okay? So it'll be targeted at the top. Then it'll have the deals that she seeks. It'll have what the price is, what the coupon is for, how much it should be paid. And she'll have that all the way down here and what her savings is, okay? Wait a minute. And she needs that receipt to match Right. And how many of them she's going to buy? Because, you know, she says, I have six coupons, so she's going to buy six of them. Okay, so she's like, she's at the register listening to those beats. Okay? Oh, no, ma'am, that didn't beat six times. I think you missed one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, wait a minute. So, she, now, there's an advantage, too, because you can, you know, different stores have different rules. You have to know your rules, your stores, et cetera. And, um, you know, she's like, she'll go out to the car and send one of the kids in. <laughs> you know? She'll show the picture of everything that she has. Then she'll show 
she'll say what the coupons were, and then she'll show the receipt, right? Uh-huh. And they all do this. They all keep these receipts, yes. right? So um, I did a volunteer activity yesterday and uh, with the United Way of Atlanta, a fabulous organization. Um, but, you know, we the volunteer activity, which was at 5 a.m., 5 a.m. to 7.30, we went walking the streets of downtown trying to get homeless people off the street and, and transition them into uh, permanent housing. So, but afterwards, you know, we have a debriefing session about, you know, what we saw, what our opinions were, and blah, blah, blah. So, at any rate, there was a girl there who is a couponer, okay. and she coupons, you know, for the program or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, they bas- she basically has a couponing bee. Right, oh, so she's okay. like, "Yeah, we're gonna get together at X Y Z date and time, et cetera, da da da." And you know, they were like, "You know, she can go on and on about this, et cetera." <laughs> so, and I was like, "Okay, so that's interesting." Um, they were gonna send out an email and have some, you know, try to check in her. However, today I was going to check out a meeting space for my HOA over there at Austin Langford, and um. The lady that was in there, who's like the managing director or whatever, I was just asking them about their, you know, meeting capabilities and stuff. And somehow, and then I was saying, okay, we may need to have a program in January, you know, a two-day program or whatever. And I said, what do you have planned for your Saturdays or whatever? Because, you know, this this is your meeting space, and I, I don't want us to, to monopolize it. And she was like, well, we may have dance, and then I'll have uh, Super Savers on Saturday. And I said, well... What is super savers? And she was like, oh, that's my couponing. And she proceeded to tell me about her couponing. I was probably in 30 to 45 minutes. No. And she was going to, I mean, and could pull up a receipt right there in front of me. That, well, that's not wrong. <laughs> exactly. And so I said, do you have a binder? And she pointed out to her car, just like my other friend, who carries this three-wheel binder with her everywhere. everywhere. That is in her car everywhere. So let me, case in point, she's from you know, whatever state she's in, and then she came over to homecoming a state over, okay? She was tired from having driven or, or tired from something, but she was dressed in her night clothes, and one of our other friends needed to go to Walmart um, to do something for her daughter, yeah. and she almost couldn't concentrate. Hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> and she's Let like, me... I'm really sitting here thinking about going here to Walmart. I think I will. Next thing we know, she had gotten dressed, grabbed that coupon book out the car, and had gone over and gone to Walmart, and then convinced the friend to go to Target. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yes. It's it's it is a it's craze. It is a craze. And then she was showing receipts with um. She was showing. Receipts. I don't know. Do you guys have? A, oh, did I just talk through the commercial break? Oh my goodness. I don't know how this works. I mean, he he, you know, he didn't say anything. She was showing. I guess I'll just keep keep talking. I don't know if you guys can hear these people in the background, but I'm joined here by my sister Zora and my mother, Mother Heart. Uh, and uh, well, the one since we're not sewing, we're just shooting the breeze now. The one receipt she had showed. The one receipt she had showed where she had purchased some stuff. She had purchased, you know, five, six, or seven, or eight items. She got back four cents. <laughs> that, was oh, that was the Walmart receipt, yeah. right? That was she the had Walmart a couple receipt. like that where she had used coupons, she had used their sales, and she, they actually gave her money back. Yeah. I said, yeah. y'all know. Yeah, ma'am. Correct. 
Correct. Yeah. So you got to know. You got to know the Correct. rules of the game. Correct. You have to know the they rules can give of the you game. Yes, yeah, she had stuff. That was so not just see. one. I, first she of all, stuff that she I don't know Some why Hushmo told y'all this was going to be 10 minutes. We, well, first of all, there is no Home Depot within 10 minutes it's not. Uh, <laughs> that he can get to, buy a few, pick out a few. Because let's be really clear, they have the round fuses that you have to screw in, not not the way you, you know you just flip. So we, <laughs> we're on an old, old, outdated system here in this house that was built in 1930. Hell no. It's 40? 19, <laughs> no, this 1960s. 60s. Okay, the 60s. So, but we haven't up, up, upgraded the electrical here in the house. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so that needs to be done. So. <clears throat> oh, but she has some no, she Oh, okay. So I can talk about what we're sewing. I, I am sewing, right now, I'm sewing a quilt. Uh, for the back of a crocheted blanket, baby blanket. So uh, my piano teacher has a five-month-old, and she and her mom crochet, um, you know, a lot. They're really good. And so she made a blanket for the baby, but she wants to have it embroidered. That's my other business. I do machine embroidery, and I do it quite well. Thank you. Um, but she wants the blanket embroidered. And in order to embroider it, we need to make sure that it has a sturdy back on it. And so we've decided that we're going to do a quilt back. Um, know how to quilt. And I, I said that, you know, Mother Heart knows how to quilt. <laughs> and so um, she's, she's teaching me. So I'm doing my first quilt. And so far it's going well. Um, it's pretty exciting. It's, it's coming out well. So, you know, uh, hopefully I'll get it done in the next few weeks. I like to get it done by Thanksgiving. I think I should be because it, it's you know, if if we can get some electricity, mm -hmm. then I, I, I'll be able to make some real okay, progress. So on. what have you made so far? Okay. The first thing that we made was a tunic-type shirt. So uh, Zora and I got matching patterns, um, and we made, you know, tunics, which are very nice. And I got a compliment on my tunic at work one day uh, in a meeting. This, this is where this generation is. I walked into a meeting, and one of my coworkers gave me a compliment on my tunic. Oh, that's a lovely shirt. And I said, well, thank you. I made it. So another coworker, a young man, said, what do you mean you made it? And I'm like, I, I made the shirt. Well, what did you, did you have to go buy, did you have to have fabric or something? Yes, I did. I bought fabric and have a sewing machine and needles and things. Huh. <laughs> he was just baffled that there were places where you could go buy fabric and and have that type of thing. So, again, if some things go down and we have to, you know, go back to living <laughs> off the land, that's somebody who I will have to make clothes for. And that is how that is how I will make my money. So, you know, everybody needs a skill in this game. So, you know, and then, of course, if, you know, if things don't work out in corporate America, you always need a skill to fall back on, too. So, you know. Do what you can. I wonder, I mean, do we take calls? I know he takes callers, but look at, oh, it says I have no callers. I'm just talking to nobody. <laughs> Am I talking to nobody? How do I know if I'm talking to somebody? I don't know. I'm, I'm about to start pressing some buttons here, you guys. So, you know, because I see some interesting stuff on the screen. Now, what is he talking about? Is that a break right there? How does this work? I don't know. 
I want to hit these applause, you know. This looks oh, interesting. Really? If I just play? Go ahead, let's see. Oh, you hear it? Oh, that's good. Okay, I'm Hi, thank you, thank you. Y'all really shouldn't. You really shouldn't. Thank you. Okay, remember to tip your waiters. I should uh, I should do a little comedy or sing. I could sing for you guys. Oh, uh oh, uh oh. That was not well received. That suggestion. But I mean, but I could. Look at it. Tell them what we're doing to the to the yard. Oh, the garden. Oh. She feels like I'm rambling, which is all anybody does out here, I guess. Um, so we are doing our first family garden, um, which right now we're prepping the land. The land We're going to get it um, um, scalped tomorrow, and then we're going to start bringing in our mulch and soil or what have you in order to, you know, let it sort of do its thing over the winter time and get ready to come in and have a good planting planting um, quality soil in the spring. I got this whole, the directions of how we're going to do this land thing off of uh, organicgardening.com. Um, I'm expecting to actually videotape our progress. So we're going to put this on YouTube. It's going to be called the Heart Family Garden. Um, the YouTube will be hosted by me. My, my online name is Maya Hart. So um, look me up. Um, and then my sister is Dora Hart. Hi. Hi. And then we have Mother Hart. So, so, so um, so we're gonna videotape all, everything that we do. And Hushmo. Um, Hushmo Black. Hushmo Black here. I want to. Has he played any music for you guys? I guess that would be copyright infringement, huh? No, he play it all the time. Uh oh. Uh oh. Prank call. <laughs> Prank call. <laughs> um, so. So at any rate, so tomorrow we're going to be scalping the yard, and then again we're going to. Be, oh, I don't want to repeat what I just said. Anyway. Oh, but what we have to do is figure out exactly what we're going to plant. I think we're going to have six beds, not raised, even though Mother Heart really wants them raised. But I don't think we're going to do raised beds. I think we're going to go directly into the ground. We're going to, you know, be like how it's supposed to be of the earth. We do have squirrels, but I have been looking up how to humanely um, get rid of the squirrels. One of the ways is like with an automatic radio or whatever. So we can set up something so that, you know, the radio comes on when they come into the area. Um, and it's a, it's a couple of other things. I think there's a little, you know, you have to Google things. You just use Google. And... um so we're going to try, and we are going to have some of those. Yes, no question to cover it. Um, uh, a mesh. Yes, a cover. Um, and then, so we'll have our six little beds inside our square area, and our trellises for buying items. And I really want we gotta we gotta figure out a way to do some fruit trees because Mother Heart and Hushmo are addicted to fruit, and uh, mm -hmm. Zora likes fruit quite a bit. I, I do it too, but. You know, fruit is a real big staple of our of our diet. So we really have to figure out a way to um to grow these fruit trees and protect them. And protect them. So, so if any of you even though I don't think I have colors, <laughs> if, if anybody is out there and and you know a way to 
prevent squirrels from eating the fruit on your fruit trees, then let me know. Uh, go ahead and give us a call or email, and um, then let us know your ideas or suggestions or, or what you've seen. So, email. I guess Hushmo has given them an email. You can email Hushmo, or does he have a? I'm sure he has something. Mm-hmm. Don't we think? Yeah. Yeah. So just email him, or you can do Maya Hart, Maya L Hart at gmail dot com. That's Maya L Hart at gmail.com um, and that's M-A-Y-A so at any rate um, but yeah so that's going to be really fun we're going we're gonna to get out there and start living off the land a little bit you know Hushmo don't want to kill any squirrels which if, if he could do that we'd be in good shape no no killing other squirrels Mother Heart doesn't want that either so there you have it now we're going to be fighting squirrels when technically we should win because, you know, we have dominion dominion over the little animals, don't we? And in the country, they eat squirrels, right? You know, now, while I'm not a a game eater, but people do eat squirrels. I wonder if we can get somebody out here that, one of these kids, Montana, somebody who who serves squirrels. Who serves squirrels? And where they get it from? Mm-hmm. Probably one of these little small towns. Well, uh, let's talk about uh, Mella and uh, Rookie. Rookie. First of all, first of all, let's be really clear. So she has asked me to chat with you guys about Mella and Rookie. She said Bella. I no. said Bella. Did you? Said I thought Bella. you said Mella. No, okay. Didn't. So Bella and Rookie are my dogs. Um, let me see where you can see her. Her children. They're my children. Oh, here's Hushmo. Hushmo is back. Hushmo is back. Well, it's been good talking to you guys. We'll uh, we'll do it again sometime later. Okay, bye. Thank you. Hey, uh, how you like my uh, fill-in this evening? I appreciate y'all bearing with me. Hushmo is all over the place. Hushmo is all over the place. We have to bring that guest back from time to time, Miss Tracy. I want to thank her too for uh, carrying on this program. We, uh, oh yeah, we can get it done now. <laughs> hey, we, we we can get it done out here, uh, one way or the other. Uh, welcome to the Hushbow Black uh, uh, Forum, y'all. We, I know we done ran through several breaks here, so we're gonna take another quick break. And uh, we'll be right, uh, back with you to get this last hour in. We got something for you. Y'all hold on. Advocated on your behalf, you're listening to the Hushmo Black Forum. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here in cyberspace.
What Hey, uh, welcome back. <clears throat> welcome back to the High School Black Forum. I don't think we're going to have any more interruption this evening, y'all. Yeah? I appreciate y'all bearing with the High this evening. Had a little emergency come up. You know, we got storms, all kinds of storms coming through the ATL there, y'all. Yeah? Wind, just wind, high wind, and 
knocking out stuff, got limbs falling all over the place. And uh, <laughs> we 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 think we're going to be good for this last hour. This last hour, y'all. It's about, wow, six minutes after eight. We got about, uh, about 55 minutes to go. We're going to get this thing in without any further ado, y'all. Without any further uh, interruptions, uh, we've been all over the place, y'all. We had a guest host this evening. I do appreciate it so much that we were able to uh, bring in somebody else. You know, the hushbow normally do this thing by itself. I, I'm just fortunate to have uh, to have a little help around this evening. Normally, I drive this train all by myself, and I can do it. You know, the hushbow can do it. Oh, yeah. It takes four people to run a train. Y'all know that? It takes four people to run a train, y'all. The conductor, the engineer, the brakeman, and a flagman. You got a flagman back there on the on the, uh, caboose with a flag. <laughs> hey, back in the day, hey, you just going to be hanging off that caboose with a flag in his hand. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Out of westbound number nine, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it used to be the day that you could move a train without four, at least four uh, workers. The engineer, the conductor, the flagman, and the brakeman. You can move milk in the train. Oh, now it's all automated, I suppose. But the westbound number nine is still, uh, it's good old hard labor, yeah. This good old hard labor is what it is. Uh, where was it? We we were somewhere when we left here. <laughs> I don't even know. We were <laughs> we were we were somewhere uh, talking about how important, how critical, how vital uh, this upcoming election is, y'all. And it's all that and more. It's every bit of that and more. Of this November fourth, yeah. All of that and more. Uh, and like I said, each election, the next election is the most important. The next election is always the most important election that you've ever uh, voted in. The next one. It's always that way. It's always that way, y'all. It's always written. The next election is always the most critical. And this one is no different. The election here is no different coming up. It's going to go a long ways in deciding the direction of the country uh, for the next two years. It's going to go a long way in deciding uh, how that thing play out, y'all. Oh, yeah. This upcoming election. We, uh... Just got into it. You know, husband go out and get into it with the, uh... with the community, with my... We, yeah, I, I tell you, we advocate for social justice, by the way. 
on behalf of Americans of Africans, and not because we don't love everybody we do, but just because uh, uh, we're part of that community and we find ourselves uh, by extension advocating for uh, that community. And Lord knows they need all that we need, all the advocacy we can get. Uh, but it, I, I get out amongst them and try to, well, we first of all, we try to provide a platform for the 90% of our community that's seldom heard, don't have a voice. Uh, we uh, like to think that uh, our little two cents uh, in that uh, struggle uh, is to provide a platform out here on the Hushmo Black Forum uh, for them to uh, uh, voice their uh, grievance, grievances. Uh, so we do that. That's our that's our goal in life. Uh, right, until we stop doing it, that's our goal in life. Until we stop doing it, to provide a platform for the ninety percent of our community that uh, has no voice, and, and that's what we uh, try to do out here. Uh, now, we've got ten percent. Ten percent of the community is out there advocating every day on our behalf. Ten percent. Those ten percent uh, uh, of the community—that ten percent of the community that W. E. B. Du Bois was talking about uh, some hundred years ago—he uh, prophesied about the need for our top ten percenters <laughs> to get out there and lead us out of the plight that uh, we found ourselves in back at the turn of uh, the twentieth century. 1906, I believe mean, it was, when he came out and uh, coined that phrase, our uh, 10%ers. <laughs> uh, we need to uh, get our most brightest, uh, the most brightest, the most intelligent, uh, the most educated amongst uh, our community to lead us. Uh, sure enough, a hundred or so years later, we find ourselves uh, to be living up, not that that's a good thing, but to be living up to uh, the prophecy of W.E. Du Bois back then, 1906. Because right now, what you see in terms of uh, American African descent, uh, 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 our leaders uh, is just about <laughs> the top 10% of our community out there advocating near it the Welsh. Uh, the Al Sharpton, the Melissa Harris Perrys, the Cornell West, uh, Michael Dyson, the uh, Joy Reeves, uh, Timerson. That's all it is. They're doing a great job, y'all. They're doing a great, great job on our behalf. I uh, just so happen to believe that they need help. They need help from the nine, the other ninety percent of our community. The other ninety percent of our community have to get behind uh, those top ten percent of y'all and give them strength and courage to keep on keeping on doing what they're doing. Plus, adding our the ninety percent, adding our voice uh, to that struggle to that struggle for uh, equal justice here in the country. Yeah, the whole 90% that's not heard, that's very seldom uh, have a voice, have to get involved 
uh, in this conversation, in this struggle. Everybody's got to pick up that cross. Everybody's got to pick up that cross, y'all, <laughs> and carry it. Everybody's got to pick up that cross and carry it along. Bottom 90%, uh, as well as the top 10%. Uh, it's vital that all of us, all of the community join in uh, that struggle this struggle that we have going on here for social justice, for economic uh, inequality, for economic inequality, for economic, uh, uh, for economic uh, 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 equality. Yeah, economic equality. What we got now is economic inequality. We got the struggle, and we got the uh, pick up that cross and carry the fight uh, for uh, economic equality. That's what we're looking for, y'all. Right now, they say, the statistics say that uh, a family of four, American Rapid has said a black family will uh, make uh, is worth about $2,200 a net worth of a black family is about $2,200. Can you imagine that? While that same white family is worth about $96,000. If you can believe that, you can believe that a disparity like that exists here in this country? Absolutely, it does. Because of uh, the injustices that has uh, went on here in the country. That's just a fact. That's just a fact, y'all. It ain't because we are lazy or this or that. It is because of the injustices that we have suffered here in this country since uh, that civil war was over here. Since then, now we know we've worked 300 years for it. We, we ain't got, we ain't talking about the slavery part of it. I'm not even talking about the slavery part of it. I turned that over to God Almighty. I turned it over to God Almighty uh, a long time ago. We talking about since. The 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment was put into that Constitution. Y'all. We're talking about the uh, injustices that has occurred since the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment was put in uh, place. So we uh, <clears throat> we believe uh, that our top 10% has done a great, great, great job since 1906 uh, uh, with the likes of. Uh, W.E.V. Du Bois, with the likes of Mordecai Johnson, with the likes of Henry McNeil Turner, with the likes of Marcus Garvey, with the likes of Carter G. Woodson, yeah, with the likes of Charles Hamilton Houston, with the likes of Thurgood Marshall, with the likes of Oliver Hill. Somehow, Tim Dickens, who did magnificent work on our behalf, to get us to 1954, to get us to 1954, to get uh, uh, us to the point where uh, we won a victory. We won a victory, y'all. 1954, that thing was a big, big victory. Much, much more about, uh, much, much more uh, than just uh, uh, about uh, uh, integrating some schools, y'all. Oh, no. That Brown thing was much, much more uh, than just integrating some schools, y'all. They don't want you to know that. They want you to believe that, oh, yeah, that Brown versus Board of Education was just about integrating some schools. Oh, no, 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 no. It was about much, much more. 
that Brown versus Board of Education was about setting aside all of the separate equal laws that had been codified by Plessy, y'all. That thing was about putting back uh, our 14th Amendment protections. That's what that Brown uh, versus Board of Education was about, putting back our 14th Amendment protection. That's what it was about, y'all. That's what it was about. Another thing was about, it was about uh, uh, reparations. Reparations, y'all. That's what it was about. It was about reparations, too, because people had been injured. It's up 12 million Americans at that time. Uh, almost 15 million Americans in 1954 had been injured by the separate equal doctrines uh, that we had lived under for some uh, uh, 90 years after that Civil War. Y'all, stop it. Uh-uh. Don't let nobody tell you that all Brown was about was some school integration. Thurgood Marshall, y'all, and his legal team in 1954 had every right to petition that court for financial reparations on behalf of some 15 million Americans of African descent right then. Right then, y'all. He had every right to petition that court uh, for uh, uh, financial reparations. He didn't do it for a number of reasons. One of the reasons is our community itself. We, the 15 million, we were not sophisticated enough. I'm, I'm going to say it. We were not sophisticated enough to realize at that time the victory we had just won, uh, how to uh, step up and claim uh, a victory in terms of uh, petition in that court demanding that uh, uh, Thurgood and his uh, legal team, Thurgood Marshall and his legal team, petition the court on our behalf for some hundred years of separate equal, y'all. Discrimination in the workplace, in the school place, in the public place, in unions, trade unions, throughout the society, y'all. We have been injured. We weren't sophisticated enough to know about it. And then again, that was just one of the reasons he didn't petition the court. Another uh, reason he didn't petition, and he knew that uh, uh, we could, or he could, on our behalf. Another reason he didn't do it was some threat of racial terrorism. Yeah, some racial unrest in the South. He just told him, you can petition this court, but if you do that, you're going to create more racial unrest in the South. Can, can you imagine that? Now, <laughs> the, our 14th Amendment protection has been taken away. Drug, homo, plus off that train, separates us right out of society. And that, that wasn't just one black man that they drug off that train. That was everybody. That was every black in this country uh, suffered. Uh, when uh, they separated uh, Homer Plessy out of society, when they drug him off, uh, off that train and locked him up in that cold jailhouse by himself, uh, that was uh, like locking every uh, black man up in this country and dragging him out of society, taking away his 14th Amendment protections, allowing for uh, the unequal uh, 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 
uhness uh, of uh his existence here in the country uh that was why uh uh, uh he could be paid one uh third of what uh his fellow white worker was making on the same assembly line at General Motors at pool. That was the reason uh, that the trade unions could separate him or refuse him admission because uh, it said that uh, they could do it. They could separate him out of society. That's what the 14th Amendment, that's what the judge said, that you're separate equal. The 14th Amendment couldn't mean uh, that uh, somehow uh, blacks was equal uh, to white people. <laughs> That's what it said. That's what the separate equal was about. Somehow uh, everything was hunky dory. If you could uh, uh, give them uh, 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 the same school, well, they couldn't do it. They didn't do it. Didn't try to do it. Didn't try to make uh, 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 my wages the same as uh, the guy uh, next to me on the similar line. So how could it be equal? If it was separate but equal, why were not making the same three dollars an hour that uh, Joe Blow was making over here? Hell no, I'm making seventy five cents. Joe Blow was making three dollars uh, back then. <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. Everybody, I have a case for reparations, y'all. Y'all get my new book, Racism and Hate at American Reality. It talks about it's a do- collection of documents, essays, and historical events in this country, tracing just what those separate equal laws was about, y'all. Just what they were about. And uh, you'll see. You'll see. The separate equal was about uh, separating uh, me uh, and my people out of uh, uh, the white society. That's what it was about. Plessy, in the 1896, counterfeit all those separate equal laws. When I came in this world in 1945, the biggest issue, uh, the biggest uh, argument in the state was uh, 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 poll taxes, y'all. In 1945, the biggest political issue here in Georgia was poll tax, <laughs> poll taxes. <laughs> you know, that poll tax kept a lot of black folks from the voting polls, y'all. That's why it's so critical that we get out and vote uh, while we still uh, uh, have uh, the opportunity and the freedom to do so. In 1945, when I came in the world, poll taxes in this state was the biggest issue going. Uh, Ellis Arnold, was the governor of Georgia you know, when I was born, Ellis Arnold. Uh, many of y'all don't know anything about Ellis Arnold. Arnold, A-R-N-A-L-L is how he spelled it, Arnold. Ellis Arnold was the governor of Georgia from 1943 to 1947 uh, here in this state. He uh, he took over from Eugene Talmadge, who had been uh, term-limited out. Uh, back there in 1943, Ellis Erdogan, uh one of the things he did was take away the poll tax. He was really a progressive, one of the best governors Georgia ever had, y'all. Ellis Erdogan. That was the governor. Uh, that was my gov- my birth uh, governor, Ellis Erdogan. That, that was the governor of this state when I was born in 1945. He uh, did away with uh, the poll tax on blacks. 
<laughs> y'all don't know. Let me tell you a story, y'all. Y'all might not know this story. Y'all, y'all don't know anything about this thing. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna give you a little piece of history, y'all. Y'all fellow Georgians. In 1945, Ellis Arnold, 1943, Ellis Arnold ran on a, a, a progressive platform, too. When he ran, he uh, was a progressive, yeah, a progressive Democrat. Uh, one of the first things he did when he got in office, y'all, was do away with the poll taxes. White people went crazy, yeah. White people went crazy. Eugene Talmadge went crazy. He told the white people, uh, Ellis Arnold was uh, turning the state over to black people. <laughs> the black people ain't got a dime. In 1945, my father was a sharecropper for the damages. <laughs> my father was a sharecropper, y'all, making nothing. Uh, he, uh, the white people went crazy, y'all. The Ku Klux Klan popped up all over the place. Eugene Talmadge said, this man is turning this whole state over to black people because this governor this uh, has the audacity to do away with that poll tax and go allow them black people to vote. And go allow them black people to vote. <laughs> hey, uh, Eugene Talmadge ran again against him in 1947, uh, 40, uh, seven, y'all. He ran, he re-ran for governor. He'd been governor two or three times <laughs> by then. <laughs> He ran for governor and won because he uh, uh, ran a racist campaign talking about uh, Ellis Arnold was turning the state black, was giving blacks way too much power by allowing them uh, their uh, constitutional right to vote by doing away with the uh, poll tax, y'all. Sure enough, Eugene Talmadge in November of uh, uh, 1947 won that thing. Eugene Talmadge won that thing in November of 1947, y'all. Show you how God is. God don't like ugly, as they say. (laughs) Eugene Talmadge won the election, was due to take office, was due to take office uh, uh, that January. Between November and and January, uh, you had more lynchings and Ku Klux Klan rallies and uprisings and beatings and the craziness that you could lie, you could shake a stick at y'all. Eugene Talmadge won that thing by suppressing the black vote. He won that election by suppressing the black vote, y'all. That's what he did. I know. Uh, 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 uh. He won that thing in November, y'all, of 1947. Let me tell you now. <laughs> God don't like ugly. Eugene Talmadge uh, won the election in 1947 uh, uh, in November. By the time uh, that he could be sworn in in that following January, Eugene Talmadge up and died. Now, God, don't like us. <laughs> hey, hey, y'all, between the time that the election... Uh, between the time that the election uh, was held in November... In that January swearing in, two months uh, or so, Eugene Talmadge upped and died, y'all. I don't know what's wrong with him. Something, something happened that quick, quick like though. He never did assume that governorship. No, he never did assume that governorship, y'all. Now, his son, after a big, uh, after a big argument, at one time we had three governors that one time. <laughs> Back there then, y'all, because Arnold, Ellis Arnold refused to step down. 
Because Tammy's not dead now. The man that won that thing in November, he died. So we, what's going to happen is, Eugene Tammy's dead. Ellis Arnold said that he was going to stay until they got another, uh, had another election to get a legal uh, 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 governor. And then the courts uh, appointed somebody else, <laughs> the governor. <laughs> hey, y'all, that thing got crazy. That thing got crazy. Uh, what wound up happening, Eugene Tammy's son, uh, Herman Tammy, <laughs> somehow they appointed him the governor. He, he ain't ran for nothing, now. He ain't ran for a damn thing yet, y'all. But somehow he wound up governor of Georgia. In 1948, Herman Delman, that's where he came from. He took his father's seat as if he had ran uh, in the election. Hey, that's the kind of shenanigans that went on here in this state, y'all. That's the kind of shenanigans that went on. One thing, <laughs> that poll tax thing, that thing never came back, y'all. God doesn't like it. That, that poll tax thing never came back. And uh, no more was ever said about it. Eugene uh, telling somebody he was going to put it back. He was going to put that thing back, y'all. <laughs> uh-uh. Eugene Talman's up to died, y'all, from the time that he was elected uh, 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 in the two months uh, uh, before he could be seated, uh, running on some racist platform of uh, uh, reinstituting the poll tax. That's just a fact, y'all. A uh, little known history here in Georgia. A little known history here in Georgia, y'all. Hey, don't take my word for it. Check it out. Don't take the Hushmo's word for it. Go check it out. It's part of our, our history. Hey, I was, I was here. <laughs> 1948, I was three years old, y'all. I ain't going to tell you what else happened. All kinds of stuff happened. My father living down there in Henry County with his family. Ku Klux Klan, I told you, they was up all over the place. They had an uprising here over that period of time. In 1948, they came to my house in the middle of the night, invited my father outside. Now, we are three years old. Y'all. I can remember it like it was yesterday. I can remember it like it was yesterday. The Ku Klux Klan came to my house at 3 o'clock, at 2 o'clock in the morning, invited my father outside. I, you know, I, my father never talked to us about it. I, to this day, don't know. Uh, God rest his soul, he's gone now. He never talked to us about what happened outside that night. I was a little kid in the bed. Uh, 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 one thing I remember about that night, I could feel the, uh, the racism in the air and the fear in the air as a three-year-old, y'all. I was three years old in 1948 when the Ku Klux Klan came to my house and literally drugged my father outside uh, while his family, uh, uh, some uh, nine kids, uh, uh, was st- it was in that house, uh, uh, scared to death. Racism was so uh, uh, thick and prevalent in the air uh, that night you could taste it. I could taste it as a three-year-old, didn't even know what it was about, y'all. That feeling, that sense of racism never left me. Took me a lifetime uh, to rid myself of the the sense of uh, that racism. Took me a whole lifetime, y'all. I always thought I hated white folks for that. (laughs) I always thought I hated white people for that night. 
it took me a long time to be able to uh to forgive uh uh them uh, uh for that night and to realize that uh I didn't hate them. I don't hate nobody. And that's what I said today. I don't hate anybody. I love everybody. And I mean that sincerely. I don't hate anybody. I love every all God's children. I love. And I you know, don't have no hesitation in saying that tonight. I'll be 70 years old here. I don't have no problem letting you know, letting the world know that I love everybody. Oh, I still hate racism. Oh, I'm talking about that. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I still hate racism, no, no doubt. <laughs> but I love everybody, every man. Uh, I love white people. I love white people. I forgave uh, them for that a long time ago. I, I, I forgave them for that a long time ago, yeah. Uh, hey, y'all. What time is it here? Uh, the hospitals ain't got start. Hey, don't get me to talking, y'all. Don't get me started out here. Hey, get me started talking. I'll tell everything I know. <laughs> hey, does somebody make a record? Hey, don't start me to talking. I'll tell everything I know. Yeah, y'all. We've been all over the place this evening. I so uh, do appreciate you all. My Facebook friends, what's up? Hey, we got a <laughs> we got a call in number, but we ain't taking no calls tonight. It's eight eight eight. Five eight eight three eight one four. We we take calls from time to time out here on the Hushville Black Forum, y'all. But we very seldom. I, I mean, we do, but we do. We will entertain a, a, a if you got something to say. One eight 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 five eight eight three eight one four. Now we will uh, <laughs> take a call from time to time. We try. We like to talk out at people. We we like to talk out. Uh, for, there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, Saturday, y'all, November the 1st, 2014, first day of November, y'all. Wow, Halloween was last night. Did anybody get killed? <laughs> hey, where where is that? Is that the Motor City that used to burn down the town every uh, trick-or-treat at night? I don't know, y'all. That's, hey, I ain't got nothing against the Mo, uh, Motown, y'all. Don't start me. <laughs> I, I ain't accusing nobody of nothing. I just heard that. Uh, but, I, you know, kids don't, uh, well, parents don't uh, uh, send their kids off trick-or-treating like they used to. It got so crazy out there for a while. People finish ducking candy and, and fruit and uh, razor blades. That thing got crazy, y'all. When I was a kid, uh, we didn't have all that craziness going around on trick-or-treating night. We didn't have all that crazy stuff going on. But nowadays, I mean, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. I, I, me and my wife, every, every, I guess every Halloween, we, we stock up with candy and stuff, and we ain't got a kid to this door in the last ten years. <laughs> we wound up eating three or four pounds of chocolate. <laughs> we wound up eating, eating three or four pounds of chocolate ourselves, y'all. And that's what we got now going on. We got all this chocolate. I, I, I got a piece right here now. We're going to wind up eating all this stuff. Because what wound up happening now, we we buy stuff that we like. <laughs> Sneaker bars, bedroom bars. Uh, 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 we, we buy some good stuff now. Because <laughs> we buy it for ourselves. <laughs> we, we, we buy this stuff for ourselves, y'all. 
Being my wife, yeah, it's just being just so stupid. My kids is grown and young, y'all. I got two beautiful daughters, absolutely. But my kids is grown and grown, so it's just me and the wife. We <laughs> we uh we gonna wind up eating all this candy. It's going to take us a while. We used to still be eating all this stuff when Christmas come around here. <laughs> we used to have some of this stuff left for Christmas, y'all. Hey, uh, well, I sure did enjoy y'all out here this evening. We still got another segment to go, y'all, but right now we're going to take a quick pause for the calls here. We're going to take a quick pause for the calls, y'all, and come back and, and close this thing out for you. Can y'all hang with me that long? Y'all hang in there. We'll be right back. Advocating on your behalf, you're listening to the personal black phone. Tell your friends about us. Saturdays, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Right here at Cyberspace.
Hey y'all, uh, welcome back. Welcome back to the Hespo. Can I get a can I get the peanut gallery to at least give me a hand with all this? Thank you. Thank you. Okay. As hard as the hush boy is working, I can't even get a uh hand. Hey. That's <laughs> okay. Thank y'all so much. We uh we try. We try our best out here, y'all. It's hard sometimes. I told you the hospital is doing the job of four people. The hospital is doing the job of four people, y'all. Oh, I don't mind. Uh, hey, y'all, it's about uh, 15 minutes till. This is our last segment this evening. Really enjoyed y'all out here tonight in spite of in spite of some of the uh, commotion and interruption. We've enjoyed ourselves out here. We always do. We always enjoy ourselves out here on, uh, on the forum. Uh, tonight has been uh, kind of challenging. Cause we, I told you, we had a storm come through here and knock out, knock out a couple of circuit breakers. We had to deal with that. We... I see where King James, all you Cavaliers fans and King James, LeBron James fans up there in the OHT, and I see you got a win last night. Y'all was starting to panic already. That first loss, y'all, y'all was panicking already. I told you so. <laughs> I'm glad I got. A, I'm glad. I'm glad y'all got a win last night. Hey, I'm a Hawks fan, y'all from the ATL. Yeah, wait till you come to Atlanta. <laughs> wait till you come to Atlanta. He's gonna, uh, he gonna have another loss. But the hush will be there. We, oh yeah, we gonna go. We we gonna go down there and see what the hype's all about. Oh, we going to the game just to see what the hype's about. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad Cleveland got a win last night. Already, them people were getting ready to run the king out of town. <laughs> they was getting ready to run the king out of town. Yeah, <laughs> y'all don't know. Hey, what else is going on in the world, y'all? We didn't get uh, half our stuff today. <laughs> we didn't get we we had to get out of here. Had a, a, a guest host come in and fill in. Did a great great job too, by the way. I still want to I want to send my thanks back out to one Miss Tracy. That's my youngest. That's my youngest uh, child, y'all. <laughs> that's my youngest child that. Uh, carried this thing on for us today. We want to thank her. Just so happened to be in the neighborhood. Ah. Hey. And now uh, we didn't we didn't we didn't hardly get to uh the Ebola crisis. I think we started mentioning about that Ebola thing. Looks like it's I hope we're getting in front of it. But that thing's still uh a lot of work uh, need to be done over there in West Africa, y'all. I got to go out there and donate uh, a few uh, dollars. I ain't, I ain't got much, but what I got, I'm going uh, to donate a few dollars here uh, to uh, to the cause. I'm going to donate a few dollars to the cause, y'all. Uh, 
It's important. That thing, that that uh, those countries are getting devastated. Those countries are being devastated by by uh, that Ebola crisis that uh, is going on over there. Sierra Leone, Guinea, and uh, uh, Sierra Leone, Guinea, and Liberia. Those three uh, West African countries. Uh, we, they need our help desperately. They need our help right now. <laughs> Not tomorrow, but right now. Uh, that thing is critical, y'all. Uh, that we get uh, to provide all the assistance uh, that we can provide. I urge everybody to uh, donate something, whatever they can, to that uh, cause. Uh, uh, go online, y'all. Just uh, uh, you'll see. There's, there's tons of uh, organizations that uh, that you can channel uh, your uh, funds through. Check them out, though. <laughs> when you start donating money, check out uh, who you donate it to. See if the, <laughs> see if the Red Cross uh, has got something going. See if the Red Cross has got something going. Uh, we need something ourselves. We need the NAACP need to be running a drive. The NAACP need to be running a drive of their own to uh, get involved in that uh, humanitarian effort. That's what I would like to see. Uh, that's what I would like to see. Uh, but it's critical that uh, we try to reach out uh, to those uh, countries. The United States government is doing a great, great job. Probably could do more, but they're doing a great, great job of uh, the president sending some 4,000 4, uh, troops over there, military troops, to uh Build facilities uh, uh, and uh, hospitals and the likes for those people, and I, I uh, applaud him for that effort. I applaud him for that effort, yeah. And and the, uh, the citizens, the black citizens of this country, America's backwardness, and has got to uh, step it up, yeah. In this in this thing, we hey, hey we we we're. Uh, we're in a bad way. We're in a bad way ourselves here in this country. We're in an awfully bad way, y'all. But no matter how, no matter how uh, bad we think we have it, we got it good compared to uh, uh, some of the people over there in, that, in those countries. Uh, we got it good right here uh, compared to some of those uh, people in uh, those countries. Liberia, Guinea. We've we've got it. <laughs> hey, y'all don't even know. I thank God myself. I thank God just for uh, first of all, just for being alive. Somebody said today I was at a, a meeting. Somebody said that uh, somebody was questioning about. Uh, uh, what was there to be thankful for? <laughs> and she uh, uh, told this individual, just uh, <gasps> take a breath. <laughs> so simple as that, y'all. Just take a breath. <laughs> uh, just to be alive. Uh, simple. Be thankful for that. 
That may be the most important thing to be thankful for. Uh, hey, y'all. What else is going on here? We're going to talk a little about uh, the ISIS thing. That's going to die down some, but no, that thing is still serious over there, y'all. We've got to talk about uh, what's going on is uh what those people are up to i mean what what kind of religion uh they're uh, practicing what kind of god what god is uh uh they following i you know i know i don't know about their god but i know about mine i know my god wouldn't be uh uh, uh telling me uh, to go and uh, cut somebody's head off my god ain't never told me that I called them in my darkest hour, y'all. When I was laying there on the battlefield of Vietnam, I couldn't even I breathe hard. My right lungs, I collapsed. I'm shot three or four times. And, uh, <laughs> hey, I called on God. God help me. He never did uh, uh, tell me. Oh, he helped me, too. He got me up out of there. I called on God in distress. He heard my cry and sent me in a higher place. Not one time, not one time I have I ever heard him uh, tell me. In fact, he has never told me to go out there and cut somebody's head off. <laughs> that I somehow would be rewarded uh, for that act. Uh, no, he's never told me that. I don't know what what God they're uh, uh, they following. I, in fact, first of all, there's only one God. I thought there was only one God. Yeah, that's not on me. The <laughs> little country boy. I'm just a little old country boy from Hampton, Georgia, y'all. Uh, I don't know. But, I, yeah, I'm still trying to get into that. i uh been doing some soul searching, trying to figure it out. Uh, what God would uh, tell people that... Uh, he created um, to go out and kill other people that he created uh, for no reason. I, that's man bulging to me. But I, I as well be speaking up against that. Oh, yeah, I'll be <laughs> letting people know about uh, the God that I knew about. I, God never told me that. And I'll. I'm going to try to pass that word on. <laughs> I ain't no prophet, preacher, or teacher. Now those things, but uh, I got this hookup. Oh, I got this hookup with uh, the man upstairs. Y'all, y'all don't know. I didn't tell you my story. Well, that's for another time. Y'all ain't got time to tell it to you tonight. I don't have time left in this show to tell you my story. Suffice to say, though, I, I did call on in my darkest hour. Got caught up in that valley. That biblical valley of the shadow of death. Uh, yeah, I got caught up in it. I know <laughs> the Lord uh, is my shepherd. Because I, I got caught up out there on the battlefield. You wonder about war. I suppose war as one of man's, if not man's greatest. In humanity, two men, warriors, people that died, they got a license to kill out there. Those out there on their belt, you have a license to kill, more or less. Why 
would God be mixed up in something like that? People out there killing each other all over the place. I don't know. I don't know. Some what twenty million people died in World War Two. Some fifty-eight thousand Americans died in Vietnam, and uh, we this country killed about another two hundred thousand uh, <laughs> uh, uh, people over there in that place. Y'all, the ten years we fought that war. Why would God be out there on that battlefield, mixed up in such carnage uh, as that? And yet, God is right in the mix of it, y'all. <laughs> He's right in the mix of it. And I know because I had to call on him. I had to call on him uh, that day, that July 16th of 1966. I had to call on God help me. And he did. So I know. Uh, that you can find God <laughs> right there in the midst of uh, a battle. And that holds too for any battle that you might uh, have to fight, y'all. <laughs> Call on God. He's going to be right there for you. In any battle that you may find yourself caught up in, God is going to be there. And all you got to do is call him. I, I call him. you got to do something. You have to be sincere, though. I tell you that you can't be you can't be joking. <laughs> when you call on him, you better be uh, serious. Now, you may have to do some things for him. If, if now, yeah, if if you call on him and uh, he help you out, you may have to do some things for him, and that's a fact. So, hey, uh, uh, <laughs> that's what we we gonna we gonna get into we gonna get into my story. Not tonight, but uh, we'll we'll tell you more about it. We ain't got time tonight, y'all. Hey, it's just about that time, y'all. We uh, it's been my pleasure uh, 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 having y'all being with y'all this evening. My Facebook friends, what's up? Come back and see me next week, November eighth, y'all. Same time, same place. Uh, we come to you live in living color from the ATL, y'all. Over Blog Talk Radio, y'all. Y'all check Blog Talk out if you got something to say. I recommend it highly. Uh, until next week, though, y'all, we're going to say ciao, and uh, y'all be good. The Hushmo Black Forum, advocated on your behalf by covering news and events affecting the African-American community. Check us out at the Hushmo Black Forum, www.blogtalkradio.com.